If you have a Bible with you this morning, then turn with me to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 12. I'm going to take just a moment or two, and I want to share just a few things from Luke, and it's chapter 12, verse 35. And we're continuing uh, in this uh, journey together as we're looking at this idea of following Jesus, and we're particularly looking at the writings of Luke and how Luke particularly made an account, he studied, he looked, he gave a historical uh, context for the life of Jesus. And uh, as we look at this series together, we're looking at, as believers, how we can continue to follow Jesus and uh, practically unpack uh, the call of Jesus Christ on our lives. And that's what we're looking at. So, um, chapter 12 and verse 35 reads like this. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door to him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve, uh, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. Verse 38, I will... It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants and, and uh, to uh, give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the men, the, the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And, an, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So this morning we're looking at, uh, uh, the, the, the title is Life, Awake, Alert, Active. Life, Awake, Alert, and Active. So in the, the account that I've just read, has to be taken as part of a, a general sense of teaching. We've just picked it out this morning, but it's linked to something that I was saying uh, only last week when Jesus sp- spoke 
about this idea of things and life and stuff and uh, having our focus on possessions. And we were looking last week at people matter to God, not possessions. And remember, there was the rich man who was going to build bigger barns, and it was all about possessions. And what God said to him is, you fool, today your life is being called upon. And it's all about, we, we, we came to a conclusion as we looked last week that our perspective on life needs to be linked to the person of Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus. And uh, that's all about people, not possessions as such. And, and if we link our lives and have that perspective, then uh, we will be provided for and not to worry. And we were looking at the worry of things in life. And that was last week. Well, this week, it, it's, it's similar. Jesus now links this idea of not... Last week, it was about worrying about things. Now, this week, it's about being watchful. And uh, it's linked to what we were saying last week because he was teaching in a general discourse. So this morning, I want to just take a few moments to look about being spiritually awake or alert. Because this is what, if you've got an NIV, a a translation of the Bible, you'll have in there a little heading, a subheading that says watchfulness. I don't know which translation you've got. But the translators have taken that passage together and tried to pick out the theme. And they've done that. That is correct. And... uh, So this morning we're going to look at this idea of being spiritually awake or being spiritually alert to be watchful. And what does that mean and why should we do that? So um, have your Bible handy because we're going to look at it and return to it from time to time. And um, so in verses 35 to 40, um, Jesus shares um, about this idea of looking to him, being alert, awake, watchful, ready. And looking towards the return of Jesus. Jesus is speaking about his soon, uh, he'll be taken away, he would go to the cross, and he would rise again. Uh, a number of months later, in the book of Acts, he, he shows himself and uh, says that I will, uh, I'm sending you into the world, and I will return uh, for you. And so we're living in this time, and they were at that moment anticipating, perhaps and not realizing, a time when Jesus is speaking about looking towards him, looking towards the Son of Man, looking towards Jesus Christ. So in verses 35 to 40, it's, there's the, an idea of being awake, and I'm going to look at that in a moment or two, of looking to Jesus, being awake, being alert, and seeing Jesus and getting ready for his return. It was a bit lost on them because he was already with them. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. But now in hindsight, we can look back and we, you know, we're waiting for the return of Jesus. Or, or we should be. We should be alert. And so um, there's this idea of looking to Jesus, looking for Jesus, being awake. Verses 35 to 40. And we're going to look at that in a moment. And then in verses 41 to 48, it turns from looking for Jesus to living for Jesus. And it, Jesus speaks about a master and his servant and looking after the house and being found doing the things, living and working for the master and being active. So in verses 35 to 40, we're to be awake. And Jesus shares a story about being awake. And then in verses 41 to 48, he says about be active, live. So look to Jesus and live for Jesus. And so this um, account that we're going to look at in a moment or two now and unpack basically is all about being alert, being awake and looking for Jesus, looking to Jesus. And then as we look and are aware and observe and see Jesus, are ready for Jesus, we are able to live our lives in such a way that we live for Jesus. And so he shares this story to warn his friends around him 
Don't just live life aimlessly or live for yourself, just yourself. You need to live prepared, live ready, live well. Some years ago, let me tell you a little story and uh, 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 by a way of introduction. I remember some years ago uh, speaking to... Um, uh, a, a lady, and uh, this uh, was a, a person, a very accomplished, um, intelligent, articulate person that uh, by this time had uh, become a consultant and an anaesthetist, and came from uh, one of the African uh, nations. And we were talking about Christianity and faith, and uh, this lady was saying um, that she'd come from a country that had been uh, like a, a sense of spiritual revival. Um, where people had great faith, they saw amazing miracles, there was prayer, there was life. And um, she'd now um, been living in the United Kingdom for a, a number of years. And uh, she said in that time, uh, she'd noticed that in her own spiritual life, she'd sort of settled into life in the UK, uh, spiritual life in the UK. And she uh, began to observe in her own life, uh, coming from a, a, a nation where there was a real sense of... Uh, uh, your life depended on your relationship with God. Put it that way. That's what she was basically saying. And she lived that type of life, awake and alive, that after several years of living in the UK, and she wasn't saying anything against the UK. She thanked this country for the job that she had. She loved the Lord Jesus Christ. She loved this country and still lives and loves this country. But she said, I observed something. She said, I'm an anaesthetist. And she was a good anaesthetist. She was a consultant. She learned to put people to sleep and revive them again, obviously. And she said... Um, I've observed this in my own life. I've become sleepy. And I observe other people that come from other revival parts of the world. After a number of years in the UK, we, become, we settle for a level of Christianity that perhaps is not what Jesus wants for our lives. She wasn't knocking our country. She was making an observation. I found out something pretty amazing. I, I said, tell me more. I want to know more. What do you mean? Because, you know... If you, if you live in a place, you don't notice certain things about a place, do you? You just get used to certain things. And she said, well, you know, I've observed that I've sort of settled down. I still love God. I read my Bible. I pray. I come to church. I, I would tithe, but there's something I've lost. I, I've, I've just become a little... I'm, I'm good at putting people to sleep. I feel a bit spiritually sleepy myself. And it's part and parcel of the sort of consumer society that we live in. And I discovered something that, um, hey, do you know what? It's as if um, the lights came on in my own life. And I, I thought, do you know what? There's a bit of truth in that. Perhaps maybe in the West, in Western Europe, in North America, in the so-called first world, which is not the first world spiritually now. It's the third world that is spiritually more, more advanced than us now. We've become maybe settled. We've settled for something that isn't the norm. Maybe we've settled for something that is okay, but it's not the best. God has a best. We're made for more than this. And um, Jesus shares a story here and shares some stories about being awake. And I, I discovered that when speaking with this lady, hey, do you know what? I too need to be awake. I need to be alert. And this is what this story, this, this is what this is about this morning. I believe what Jesus said 2,000 years ago is just as important for you and me today. And so we're going to take a few moments to just look at this theme of being watchful, awake, alert, and active. So there's three things I want to look at this morning. Being alert, um, being awake, being alert, and being active then. 
And it comes out in this story. So, first of all, verses 35 to 40, this idea of looking to Jesus. Be awake. And Jesus tells, shares a story there. Um, he says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they may immediately open the door. And Jesus shares a story about a wedding banquet in the East the bride and groom were treated like kings. And in the East, you, you know, a, a wedding would go on all day, all night, and the next day almost. These were big events. Sue was, no, Sue was from Iraq, and she knows, two weeks. Two weeks. Wow, there you go, two weeks. Well, I didn't realize that, but there, that's amazing, isn't it? I knew that it went on for a while, but that's incredible. So in the wedding banquet, the wedding feast in the East, they would go all on for a while, and... And the idea there was the servants would be prepared to receive the bride and bridegroom, the master and the people back, and they'd be treated with it like kings. And, be, and, and so Jesus shares this story about being ready, be awake, be alert, servants. And so the picture there is Jesus, the master, Jesus, the master, and the servants of people, the disciples. That's them, and that's you and me. And uh, he shares this idea about being spiritually alert for his return, for him to come back to his, him to come again. And uh, I don't know whether you know, but it, we understand that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Jesus said, I will come back again. You know, we live our lives as if, hey, this has been going on for 2,000 years. He ain't ever coming back. I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry and do what I like. And this is exactly what this story says, but Jesus is coming back again. And Jesus says, you better be prepared. I want you to be alert. I want you to be awake. And so he says there, to his disciples then to get ready and to us in hindsight to be prepared. And so he says, be dressed ready for service. The idea there is of the, in the east they would wear long flowing clothes and they would, to be prepared would be to lift up the robe and tuck it into the belt. In the old King James translation, it says, gird up your loins. Ah, exactly. That's what I thought when I went, hmm, what does that mean? But it literally means be prepared, get dressed ready. And they would lift their robes and tuck them into their belt so they're ready to run and and be quick. Otherwise you trip all over your robes as you're getting up and to get to the door. And so there's this idea of get ready. Be, 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 be awake. Um, He says there, keep your, another picture he uses there is keep your lamps burning. In other words, keep the oil ready. They would have oil lamps with the wick, and, and if they run out of oil, they would go out, so they want to be able to see. So keep oiled, keep fresh, keep your cloak ready, get ready. Um, it says in, uh, in verse 35 and goes on in verse 36, waiting for the master to return. Ready to welcome the master. The, 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 um, the servants would open the doors. The lamps would be on. They'd be ready, and they'd say, come on in. And I would say, are we ready? Are you and I awake? Uh, when I spoke to this African lady, I realized that maybe I've settled and I've become a bit sleepy. Do I live a life that's ready to receive Jesus? Like, come on in, Lord. Not come on down, the price is right, but come on in, Lord. Do, do, do we live? Are you awake? Am I, is my life such that I'm ready to meet him? I don't know about you, but that's a, that is an incredible... Are you ready? I mean, you don't have to die to meet your maker. He can return and we meet him. It says that when he returns, we are waiting for the the visible, physical return of Jesus Christ. There's lots of ins and outs and wherefores of that. But Jesus speaks about, be ready. Get 
to welcome. Open the doors of your heart, your life. Are you ready to welcome? Are you living a life that makes, is awake, that is ready? Are we making preparation? Are we prepared? Not like we have to stock up the house, batten down the hatches, wait for the end of the world. He's not saying that. He's saying live your life in a way that welcomes and is ready. So, um, awake. Be awake then. And secondly, the second thing that we want to look at is this idea of being alert. To look to Jesus. So he says, be ready. Be awake. The second thing is to be alert. He says in verse 37, watching when he comes. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready. Verse 38. Not taken by surprise by the thief in the night. Verse 39. So we're not only called to be wakey up, not sleepy, 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 settle for something that's only half-hearted, lukewarm sort of Christianity, but we're to be alert, watchful. In other words, watching when he comes in such a way that we're not taken by surprise. Jesus speaks about there about being like a thief. What on earth is that on about? You mean, I thought Jesus is good and kind. What's this idea of being a thief? The idea there is, is, is coming when it's unexpected. In Revelation, in, uh, Revelation 16, 15, it reads, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so that he is not naked and shamefully exposed. Hey, it pays to be alert. It pays to be alert. The idea there is being spiritually exposed. The idea there is, is being caught on the hop. Is, is, is not, not living a life prepared, not being living your life in such a way that we are alert and awake. And so we're called to be awake and we're called to be alert. It says uh, in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you be alert? How do you be awake? Our minds need to be continually renewed. In the word of God, Romans 12 verse 1 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, Paul says to Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. There's lots of other verses. I haven't got time to go through them. But we see in Romans we're to be renewed continually in our minds. In Timothy, Timothy's encouraged to fan, to stir up. In other words, we are called to be awake. Alert, it's up to you and me to fan, to stir, to be renewed, to read the word of God, to be in touch with Jesus, to open up our hearts. It's not just to wait for God to come and then we'll be changed and then we'll have our revival. That is not what Jesus ever said. He actually said he didn't talk about revival. Oh my word, I may upset some people now. He actually talked about being renewed. Renewed in mind and renewed in a heart, which we already are. And we're to continually be renewed in our mind and heart and to stir up that which is in within us. So we are encouraged, therefore, to be awake and alert. Finally, to be active. If we're to look for Jesus, not just look for his return and someday, well, that's the end of the world. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. But to live, see, looking towards him and having a relationship with the living Jesus will cause us then to live for Jesus And this is linked in what he's saying. It's not just looking towards the future, but it's living now as well. And this is what Jesus then shares a story, because Peter says, well, who's this for, Lord? And then Jesus says this to him. He he shares a story of a 
master who then puts in charge someone to be a steward or manager to look after his household. And this person that looks after the household says, well, he's not come for a long, long time. I'll do what I like. I'll eat like I like. And then when the master comes, he's upset because the person he put in charge hasn't been prepared. In other words, we've got to be active. We've got to live our lives as though we're ready for Jesus. We live our lives in the respect that he's alive within our lives. It's not just waiting for the future and the end times. So when we live a life alert, looking to Jesus, then we can live a life active, living for Jesus. See why it's so important to be awake? Why it's so important to stir up the gift? Why it's so important to um, be alert so that we can live active. So many inactive. So many people asleep, spiritually asleep, as it were. This is why we read again and again in the Old Testament, wake up, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Jesus again and again speaks about being awake, being alert, be ready, be watchful. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus says this again and again and again. And he speaks very often to his followers and his disciples and the religious people, people like you and me. And so in the story of the manager, the, the person there, that this manager, is, is another word, steward. It really means chief slave. How about having job as chief slave? Who's first in line for the gift of chief slave? We would put your hands down. And let me, but in actual fact, the word there is this idea of being a, a slave for Christ, being sold out. Not that Christ comes and beats us up because he's a good Master, The Lord God is master of the earth and everything in it. And uh, the picture there is in the east. In the east, a master would entrust a slave, someone that he owns, but this one slave would be the, the manager of the household. Let me give you an example. There's a man called Joseph, and he was made in charge of a man called Potiphar's household. It's in the Old Testament. But we speak of a man called Joseph who rose to a place of great power as a slave in his master's house, Potiphar's house. And this is what happened in the East. Very often the servants would be the people, and there'd be a manager servant that would look after the house. And what would be, would be the fact is this, that the master owned everything, and the servant who was owned by the master was given charge of everything to look after it and manage it well. And this is what Jesus says here, that Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, is the master. The disciples, me and you, are the servants. We are those entrusted to steward, to look after, to manage all of our lives for God. I don't know whether you knew that, but that's what you and I are called to do. And so what we see here is this. In, um, now, I say this, the master owns everything. God owns everything. In Psalm 24, verse 1, we read these words. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So in other words, everything is God's. We look after it for him. Folks, that's, that's our lives. We sing songs like, I am not my own, but I've been bought by the precious blood of Christ. That's absolutely true. Everything we have is really God's. And it's been entrusted to us to steward, to manage, to look after. Now, one Christian writer has said this. When we start living like it's our stuff, instead of recognizing it's God's stuff, then we start giving ourselves to the wrong stuff. 
I'll say it again, because I, I read it and I thought, do you know what? That's exactly what this story says. When we start living like life, this is all our stuff. Instead of recognizing it's God's stuff, everything I am, earth and the Lord's, everything in it, then we start giving ourselves to the wrong stuff. It all goes, life goes pear-shaped. We start living for ourselves and not God. And this is what Jesus said. He said that there was this manager, and the manager said, well, he's not coming back for a long time. I can do what I like. And so he started to live for himself. When we start living like it's ours, and it's not the master's, then we start giving ourselves to the wrong things of life. You see this, when we are spiritually alert and awake, then we are in a place when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and know that it's for him and for him alone that we live and this is his. He does an amazing thing. He gives us everything. God gives us everything to look after and steward for him, to live in the kingdom, to live for God, to use our lives, our the things that we've been given and blessed with for the glory of God. We've been singing a great song this morning. We live for your glory. What does that mean? What does it mean, we live for your glory? It means this. We live everything for God. God is the one who looks, not looks good, but everything comes to him for him and in him and for him. That's what it means to live for his glory. And this is what Jesus is saying in the second part. So, The servant loses sight of the master's return, lives for himself instead of living for his master. Do you know, we have been entrusted with much. And at the end of this story, this is what Jesus then says. We've been entrusted with much, therefore much is asked of you and me. You need to know this, folks. I don't know whether you knew this. With great love, because God is love, So we, remember last week we looked at this idea where we looked at the idea of we don't have to worry about what we need because God knows our need, the birds of the air, the fields. We looked at that last week. We we became convinced that God is love, God is good, and he will give us everything we need. So God is intrinsically good God. But let me tell you this. We've been entrusted as Christians, and we now know, we've been entrusted with life, the life of Christ. Therefore, much is given And now much is asked. Great is our reward, Jesus said, if you are found awake, alert, active in the kingdom of God. Great is our reward. Great. What a great God we serve. But if we squander, when we know what we should do and don't do it, then much will be asked of you and me. When the master returns, it says he will wait on us. Now, that's unheard of. It says in the story, the earlier story there, of the getting your lamps ready, opening the door for the bridegroom. It says when the master returns, he will wait on his servants. I don't know if that's not, that's not lost on me, because in the east, the master was treated like a king. And yet the king, in the story that Jesus shares, serves and waits upon us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That's our reward. God loves us that much. So we are now called to live a different life, the life of Christ, the life of God, to live, to be active in the kingdom. I would say, please pray for me. Pray for leaders. Pray for Christian leaders. 
Uh, do you know, I have a great privilege. Much is entrusted to me. I have a huge privilege. So much is entrusted in my life. But I can also say this, much is asked. I don't lie awake at night worrying about that, but it, it reminds me. And in life, when we know what we should do and don't do it, the Bible says that is sin. Much entrusted, much asked, but great is our reward. So I would say to you today, are you awake? Are we alert? If we become awake and alert, then we can live active, a life for Christ. Let's pray together. I wonder if the the worship team, you could come back. Uh, That'd be great. And uh, while the guys are are coming back, uh, we're going to sing, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. We're going to pray. And you know, this morning is a, a response in my heart and my life. Perhaps, and you know, and don't, you know, I look at my life and, and it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's for all of us, each and every day, to keep renewed. Uh, in Ephesians, it says, um, be continually filled with the Spirit. To Timothy, Paul said, fan into flame the gift that you received. So we're encouraged to stir our hearts, reach out to God, be renewed in heart and vigor and hope and life. And perhaps, maybe there's been circumstance that shattered your dreams. Maybe life has poured cold water on the flame that you once had. Hey, don't beat yourself up. Maybe you've become knocked along the way. Maybe you become disillusioned. Maybe, look, life, busyness, it consumes us. And you can find that the fire seems to almost trickle. Maybe you, you think your hopes don't seem to be what you'd hoped for. And you're finding that it's becoming a, a challenge and a struggle to be alert, awake. Let your mind be renewed. Let your heart be lifted. Let the Spirit of God come. Lord Jesus, thank you. Welcome you, Holy Spirit, that you are here right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you call your people to be alert, awake, to be, live lives ready. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive forevermore. There's a, a day coming when you shall return to bring us to be with you. But in that meantime, you said you released your church as witnesses. You said this, signs will follow those that believe. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You said that you will be my witnesses and you will receive power. And we live in that age of waiting for your return, empowered, filled with the Spirit, to be renewed, stirred up, awake, active, alert. So we open our hearts to you this morning and say, Lord, revive our hearts, restore our hearts, renew our hearts, refresh our hearts, stir up the gift within us, passion and dreams. Pray for fresh vision and hope to arise faith, hope and love, these things remain. And as right now we reach out to you, and I pray that you begin to stir people's hearts and minds and hope and vision. We're shattered dreams. There's no turning back. I pray that you'll draw people back to yourself. Where people need restoration, restore. Where people need forgiveness, forgive. Where people need healing this morning, heal, Lord. How we love you this morning in your name we pray. Let's stand together, folks. And as we sing and we open our hearts, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. Touch your heart afresh. Restore a vision. Bring forgiveness. Release lives. With this we're going to close, but let's just sing this with our open hearts. With all our lives. Make it a prayer as we reach out to him.